0: Elder Ron for that good exposition. I uh, really appreciate that section of our Westminster Confession of Faith because I think in our day there are Presbyterians that have taken exceptions to that. And it um, doesn't give us all the details, but I think it's important to be reminded <laughs> that the church is growing in spite of the reports I've been reading recently, even in conservative uh, articles, that the church is declining. church is never declining. It may be declining in some respects in our our nation, but the church is not declining. It's on the move. And I have, over the years, appreciated Lorraine Betner's book on the millennium. It's one of the better ones, Uh, and he believes that there will be a glorious, large number of people who will be brought into the kingdom of Christ. And so we long for that day, and we continue to pray that thy kingdom would come, that thy will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So let us turn our thoughts this evening to Psalm 119, verses 49 um, through 56. Um, There's much in here that we have been looking at. I trust that our young people and families are working their way through memorizing Psalm 119. Uh, Some of that I have committed to memory. I do confess that as some of us get older, uh, it takes more effort to memorize. But God's word is worth memorizing because as we hide his word in our hearts, what is the result? We do not sin against God. And so we want to continue to work our way through this. As we have already seen, and perhaps by way of introduction, um, each one of these uh, eight verses within Psalm 119 are divided by the letters of the Greek alphabet. And uh, this is helpful Uh, for memorizing, and it was intended for it to be memorized and meditated upon. And so as we look at um, Zion tonight, verses 49 through 56, we draw our attention here to what the psalmist says as we hear the word of the Lord. So let us stand together. Psalm 119, verses 49 through 56. Hear now the word of the living God. Remember the word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. The proud have had me greatly in derision, yet I have not declined from thy law. I remembered thy judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. Horror hath stricken, or hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night, and have kept thy law. This I had because I kept thy precepts. And this is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. as we look to this psalm this evening or this section of Psalm 119 and consider the songs of our pilgrimage, we will eventually get to that section in in the Psalter when we deal with those um, songs of ascent, those songs of the pilgrims. But I think it's important for us as we look at this passage to be reminded of the fact that we are pilgrims and strangers in a foreign land. Uh, And the longer we're here, the more foreign it becomes to us. And I think this particular psalm, um, or section of Psalm 119, is well connected to everything else. There are those who see a disconnection with all the verses of Psalm 119. But I like what um, Charles Spurgeon says, that this is a chain of gold links that are unbroken, And so we cannot fully exhaust, he says, all of the verses within Psalm 119. That's why it is to be meditated upon, because we cannot fully fathom all of it without thinking through. It is the same subject throughout the Psalm 119. Uh, Little repetition, and yet there are themes that are so common Charles Spurgeon again likens Psalm 119 to the vastness of the sea. You can look at it all day and never fully exhaust it. And here as he draws our attention to this particular psalm, we find that there is great comfort and great consolation to all of us as pilgrims and strangers as we journey here in this valley of death. As we look at Psalm 119, verses 49 through 56, the psalmist begins, and here is really <clears throat> the same thought, the same theme that's been mentioned already. I've touched on this before, that uh, the psalmist begins by talking about the young man who begins his journey there in verse 9, who gives heed to the Word of God. He, he speaks... Um, of meditating upon the precepts of God. He speaks as being a stranger upon the earth. These are all themes of one who is a pilgrim. And so this is a continual theme we see throughout Psalm 119. But here the psalmist begins his prayer, and all of these that we've been looking at are prayers unto the Lord. There are pleadings unto God, and yet in his prayer... He mingles that with praise. And here we find the psalmist saying, Remember thy word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Here the psalmist begins to remind us that we are to put in remembrance that God is our hope in times of affliction. He says there in his prayer, Remember thy word unto thy servant. Now, we've seen this before. Um, When you think about most of us, how long our memory is, sometimes it's not very long. We might forget things unless we put them in our iPhones. We may forget things if we don't put them in our, um, our date books. I still have an old date book that probably goes back 20 years. And so we forget these things. But one consolation and comfort we have is God does not forget. He, in this prayer, says, Lord, remember thy word. He's not asking the Lord to, to put in remembrance as we perhaps need to put things in remembrance. But he is being challenged to remember that God is always in remembrance of His Word. God does not forget His Word. We saw that this morning in John chapter 17, that as Jesus prays for Himself, as He prays for the church, He prays that we might find that protection in His Word, that we might cast ourselves upon His Word. And so He says that God remembering that Word gives hope to us in our affliction. God's memory is long. God's memory never runs out. His memory indeed is gracious. It is our hope. It is our confidence in our affliction. And so as we see here, this prayer is the pleading of the pilgrim in his affliction. I think this is a wonderful section here that reminds us that the, the pilgrim is, is finding himself in great affliction. And yet he prays to the Lord, remember your word. Remember the promises that thou hast given unto me. For in that is my hope and my consolation. There isn't anything in this world that we can put our hope and consolation in. But we can put our hope and consolation in the word of God that we can remember that word that he's given unto us to cause us to hope in him. There are many afflictions that the righteous experience. There are many consolations that we experience as well. But we find that sweetness that flows from the Word of God. We find that comfort and consolation for us. And as we find that comfort and consolation, we will be sustained. Perhaps we sometimes feel frustrated, we feel in despair, um, Oftentimes, people come to the point of of hopelessness and despair without any thought of comfort. And yet, for the believer, there is no cause for despair. For the believer, there is no cause for hopelessness. This is one thing that the pastor is often reminded of in his counseling ministry, that he is to offer (laughs) comfort and hope to those for whom he is is ministering to. Not hope and comfort in some self-help, technique, not hope or comfort in in some other man-made thing, but hope and comfort in what? The Word of God. We don't need anything else to give us comfort and hope. And yet this is what the psalmist thinks upon as he considers his consolation. He goes to verse 50 there. Again, these these, um, verses build upon one another. He says, this is my comfort. In my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. And so, as we think upon the quickening of God's word, as we think upon the consolation that we find, he reminds us that our comfort, our consolation as pilgrims is in the word of the Lord. There in verse 51, he says, The proud have had me greatly in derision. The proud and haughty men seek to to shake me. The, The arrogant, the proud, and the ungodly seek to rob me of my confidence and hope. They pull me down, and yet I've not declined from thy law. Oh, here he reminds us that in this fallen world in which we live in, there are those who will seek for our demise there will be those who will even in our own day speak of the demise of the church and we live in a day when our nation and our leaders even despise the kingdom of god and yet we are not deterred from the law of god we need to to find that hope and that consolation that even when we are bombarded by all the enemies of god nothing can shake our confidence in the Word of God, um, there are things in life that we we encounter. There is news that often comes to us that can certainly shake us. When you when you get horrible news of a death in your family, when you when you hear of, of tragedies and and great uh, affliction in life, it, it sometimes can, can shake us. Remember what the psalmist says: "I'm never surprised." By what I see, for here we find that our only comfort and consolation comes from the Word of God. And so we're not deterred. We find that the Word of God uh, strengthens us, builds us up. And so this is why we want to continually hide the Word of God in our hearts. This is why we want to continually meditate upon the Word of God and and take time to ponder it because when we have the word of God hidden in our hearts, when those great persecutions come, when those great trials come, we have comfort and hope. I think of uh, the uh, pastor, the Lutheran pastor who started the Voice of the Martyrs many years ago and had uh, been in prison for a long time. Um, and I wonder what it was like for... Pastor Wormbrandt to be in a prison cell not just a short time but he was in there for quite a number of years and yet the Lord gave him 80 some years of life Um, but as he's in that prison cell what, what else would you be doing you'd be hiding God's word in your heart you would be memorizing the word of God and I'm sure that was his comfort that was his consolation in that dark hour because nothing else would give you comfort and hope but the Word of God. And so, brothers and sisters, we want to find that comfort in the afflictions of life. We want to find comfort there in the Word of God. The psalmist says in verse 52, I remembered thy judgments of old, O Lord, and how they have comforted myself. Now, this is a strange verse to think about, Why would the judgments of God be a comfort to us? I think of that old um, prayer from the old um, Anglican book of common prayer. We don't give much credence as Presbyterians to books of common prayer. But one particular prayer I think is so helpful, and I've often uh, used this in my own prayers. Lord, um, keep us from sin Give us a healthy sense of thy judgments so that we can be deterred from sin. And so here we find it a profitable lesson for the people of God to know that when God brings judgments, when God brings his judgment upon his enemies, that is our comfort, that is our affliction. Because one day their memory will be wiped out. The memory of of many um, wicked men and women throughout history have been long forgotten. I'm sure some of our younger children perhaps may not even remember names like Mussolini. And some of those names. And yet God's judgments are to be pondered by the righteous so that they can have a healthy sense to deter them from sin. The history of the church is full of the judgments of God, the overthrow of the wicked, the reminder that there's a glorious day coming when Christ shall judge all of our enemies. And here is where the streams of of hope and consolation come. We are comforted by the fact that God will judge the earth. And so the psalmist finds great hope and comfort in that. There in verse 53, he says he's stricken with horror as he thinks of the righteous forsaking thy law. Is that not what we see in our land today? When we see the righteous being in prison for standing for life? When we see people. Standing opposed to the culture when we see our culture giving more and more into sodomy and all of these violations of God's law, it should cause us as the people of God to be stricken with horror that the wicked, that the unrighteous forsake the law of God. That's what brings judgment to the land. And yet the psalmist, as the pilgrim, finds that this is a horrible thought to think that there are those who neglect God's law and turn away from it. But here in the remainder of this section of the Psalter, we find the singing pilgrim. We find the pilgrim singing his songs in the house of his pilgrimage. These verses here, 54 through 56, give us a picture of a singing pilgrim. He has his songbook. What is the songbook for the pilgrim? Anybody know? The Psalter. That is our songbook. Um, I'm not here to to shoot down hymns. I'm not here to to shoot down some of those, um, I think, helpful things that have been written over the years. But if God by his spirit has written his word, what greater comfort and consolation do we have in those seasons of the night? in our house of pilgrimage, to sing those songs of Zion. And so this is a book for every season of life. Death, the news of death of a loved one, tragedy, trial, sickness, even uh, the health of a four-month-old infant. All of these things are a reminder to us that in every season of life, there is tragedy There is despair around us. And yet here, the psalmist reminds us that in those seasons, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light unto my path. And there, as you think about that verse from uh, 105, the word of God is a lamp that gives us Direction. The word of God is a lamp that lightens our path that we might see the direction we are going as pilgrims. It is a light for our path so that we not, will not stumble or fall. Here we find the pilgrim singing those songs. John Calvin reminds us that the psalmist says that the law of God was his soul or special delight during all of his life. He says that singing is an indication of joy. The saints are pilgrims during all of their life. And they must be regarded as children of God, heirs of heaven, and they are sojourners in the earth. Here the psalmist says, Thy statutes, thy word, thy law have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage the house of his pilgrimage is that long journey throughout life it is that journey toward the celestial city he is a cheerful pilgrim how can he be a cheerful pilgrim he sees his home in this world as the house of his pilgrimage I think of that allegory of of uh, Pilgrim's Progress there, and it is intended to be an allegory. It is not a theological treatise, but in that wonderful allegory, we find Pilgrim and Faithful traveling toward the celestial city. You remember where they stop? They stop in a city called Vanity, and there in Vanity, they have a fair That is year-round. It's not just like a circus coming to town. It is a fair that happens all year-round. And as they're going through vanity, as they're looking in that fair, they see the trinkets. They see the ugliness of that city. The world gives us the picture that it is a beautiful place. And this is not a beautiful place. But here pilgrim and faithful have to go through vanity to get to the celestial city. And as they're making their pilgrimage, as they're seeing the harlotry and the, the, uh, the godlessness of that city in which they go, as they see the charm and the allurements of that wicked city, they must travel through to get to that celestial city. But the pilgrim here sings those songs in the house of his pilgrimage, wherever his journey takes him. He sings those songs because those songs bring cheer to his soul. The years of our life, as you know well, and some of us that are older can testify to this more than some of you younger people. But the years of our life fly by so quickly. You know how quickly they fly when your youngest nephew or your oldest nephew is engaged to be married in just a few short weeks. And I'm thinking he was just in high school. But when you see your friends' children getting married, when you see your nephews and nieces looking forward to getting married, when you see those whom you have known for years going to heaven, when you see your body not able to do what it once did, we are reminded that we are pilgrims, that we are sojourners, that this is not our home. There is a cheerful spirit. Here the cheer comes from the pilgrim's hope in the word of God. His pilgrimage is described as a wandering. You remember this morning there in uh, Genesis 18 where Abraham was. He was sitting out in front of his tent and his family lived in tents. They were nomadic people. They lived in tents because this was not a permanent place. They were living in tent. It was not a permanent stay. We are oftentimes disappointed by calamities. We are oftentimes embittered by the things of life. And as the psalmist reminds us, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Saints of God, this world holds nothing for us. We are called to do our duty. The Lord has put us here. We are not looking for the rapture, as I mentioned this morning. We are not looking to exit. We are looking to do the duty that God has given us as we're passing through in the house of our pilgrimage. We are passing through as pilgrim and faithful remind us. We are journeying on through all of the chaos, the despair, the disorder of our world. We're journeying on. This is not our home. Kansas City is where I was born and raised... And at times I have been back, not many years have I, many times have I been back over the years, but at times I want to go back, I want to see my sister and her family, I want to see cousins and friends, I want to enjoy Kansas City barbecue, I want to enjoy baseball, but you know what I found when I've gone back? It doesn't seem like home anymore. It doesn't seem like the place I grew up in, And, and certainly it's changed, but in many ways it's the same. And I think of life like that. This world doesn't hold the attraction that it does for the wicked. But God's word is my song in my pilgrimage. It speaks of Christ. God's word is my song in my pilgrimage. It speaks of my perfect Redeemer. God's word is my song in my pilgrimage. For it speaks of my great high priest whoever intercedes for me. God's word is my song in my pilgrimage, for it assures me of a glorious salvation. God's word is my song in my pilgrimage because it speaks to me of rest that I find in my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. My song in my pilgrimage gives me peace in whatever storms come. His word is filled with exceeding great and precious promises. There we are reminded in verse 54 that this world is only a place we are traveling. We see the despair all around us, and yet the Lord God reminds us that he is our hope that he is our comfort and our consolation. There, as he concludes this section of the psalm, he reminds us that I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night, and I've kept thy law. What does he mean when he speaks of the night? Obviously, he speaks of those night seasons those seasons of despair, those seasons of darkness, those seasons of loneliness, <coughs> those seasons that that come upon us. But he says it's in those night seasons that I remember thy name because thy name gives me consolation and I have remembered thy law and I've kept it. Notice here at the end of verse 55, the, the psalmist says, I've remembered thy name, and I've kept thy law. I mentioned uh, last time a few weeks ago, uh, Samuel Pierce, a contemporary of Charles Spurgeon, wrote a wonderful commentary on the Psalter. And here, he sees Christ in all of the Psalms, but particularly here, when you think about keeping the law of God, how can we keep the law of God, except through the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ? And Jesus Here is a picture for us of one who has fully kept the law, who is obedient to the law, and yet the one who has been clothed in his righteousness remembers his name and keeps his law even in those seasons of the night. This I had because I have kept thy precepts. We gain much rich we gain much consolation and encouragement by keeping the commandments of God. We found Abraham this morning keeping the commandments of God, passing those commandments on to his children, instructing them to their duty because this is what flows from the grace that Christ gives us. We have these wonderful treasures We have these wonderful, exceeding, precious promises. We have this exceeding comfort that even in those earthly pilgrimages, we are reminded that we continue to follow the Lord our God, that we find great comfort and consolation in whatever tragedies may come. Uh, The future may not seem very bright. But oh, as we are reminded from our exposition of the larger catechism, the future is glorious for the saints of God. But I'm reminded of those words, and they are only spoken at a funeral, and yet they are words that are living. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And then he concludes there in verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Saints of God, we are pilgrims. We are journeying toward that celestial city. And in that allegory, Pilgrim's Progress, the title of that allegory indicates what the scriptures teach. That it is a progress It is not a regression. It is a progress toward holiness. It is a progress toward sanctification. It is a progress toward heaven. And we do not stop. We do not quit until we come to the end of our journey. That's when we receive our reward. We don't receive our reward now. We receive our reward when we hear those words, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And we will encounter many things. We will encounter those vanity fairs. And yet when we encounter them, oh, let us hold fast to the word of God. Let us cling to that hope we have in his word. That we, indeed, will make it to that city. We will... Have to go through many trials and tribulations. The, the, the road will be windy. The road will have um, landmines in it sometimes. And you have to kind of maneuver the landmines. You'll have all kinds of dangers in the road. But we have that hope and that consolation. That Christ Jesus indeed has given us life. And he will protect us and he will sanctify us until that final day let us pray lord jesus christ we do give thee thanks for thy mercy and grace we do confess that our faith is so weak we do confess that our hearts uh, are oftentimes drawn to the vanity fairs of life and we ask O lord that you would give us hope and consolation that we would not be deterred from thy word, that we would not be dis, um, turned back from our duty, but that we would press on toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, give us comfort, give us strength even this week as we face the vanity fairs, as we face the, the ugliness of this fallen world this valley of death give us courage as we make our journey toward the celestial city knowing that the lord jesus walks with us he is our shepherd and he gives us all that we need bless this word to the benefit of our souls we ask in jesus name amen one of the wonderful ways of memorizing these psalms is singing them And so we will uh, hide it even more in our hearts as we not only hear it read, but as we sing it together. Psalm 119G, let us stand.